welcome to Activate with Pastor Christian Newsom, a podcast of Journey Church International. Thank you for listening to the Activate podcast with Pastor Christian Newsom, a ministry resource of Journey Church International here in Lee Summit. My name's Ryan, and I'm uh, on the ministry team and, and honored to uh, host with Pastor Christian today. We're in the last message of yes. our Jesus People series with yes. a message titled, and we have some t-shirts that say, this changes everything. Right. Uh, our Bible text uh, is Matthew 12. Uh, no, it's Matthew 28. 28, yes. Yep. Um, I want to welcome you all. If you're listening to us uh, to the, for the first time today, we're glad you found us. Uh, we hope you'll continue to listen, share it, rate it. Uh, always helps us as we continue to get the word out about this resource. Our hope is really to help you activate your faith. Uh, we're recording this in preparation for Easter, right? Right, coming up this weekend, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. If you're listening to this, you uh, hopefully got to experience a wonderful Easter, and God uh, moved in a really powerful way. But as we as we jump in, I want you share the opening scripture in Matthew 28, which describes the scene at the empty tomb. And I can't help but think you and I've been there several times about the two locations in Jerusalem, right? Uh, the Garden Tomb, Golgotha, and the site where the uh, the other site, the Church of the Holy Sepulcher, is located, both right. claiming right to be right. the tomb and the crucifixion site of Jesus. Can you describe your feelings when you're in Israel at these two sites? Oh, man. Um, overwhelmed. Uh, excited. Um, safe. Validated. You know, the, the Apostle Paul says in 1 Corinthians 15, so it's funny because because we do, our Easter text opens in Matthew chapter 28, and we go to the tomb with the women, Mary Magdalene yeah. and Mary, the, the wife of Clopas, who has so many potential, you know, in church history, she is potentially Mary's sister or Mary's sister-in-law, like Mary, the mother of Jesus, or Joseph's sister or Joseph's sister-in-law. Or James the Less, one of the apostles' mother. Like there, there are all these connections. All of them, though, tie together with like Jesus. Somehow, it deeply impacted somebody who was in her family. So it deeply impacted her. So yeah. we go to the tomb with these women. We look at the guards who, you know, their their connection to Jesus was in his death. The ladies, their impact with Jesus was in his life. But really, the key text, the T-shirt text. Right, we've got the T-shirts. This changes everything. Yeah. The title of our Easter message: "This changes everything." Is First Corinthians fifteen, because in First Corinthians fifteen, the Apostle Paul, preaching to the church at Corinth, uh, basically said, "If the resurrection really happened, it changes everything, and the power of Christ can change you. And if it didn't happen, the whole world should feel sorry for us because we are pitiful people." So when I feel I when I say I feel safe, when I say I feel validated, when I say I feel excited, when I go to the tomb and realize that they're both empty, and of all the things that you can see in Israel, uh, with both a Jewish history and a Muslim history, there's no place in Israel that claims to be the tomb of Jesus with the body of Jesus. Yeah. Like, there's nobody who set up shop saying, no, he's dead. Here's where he's really buried. Of the two locations, both of them are empty tombs. And if Jesus really rose from the dead, 
then he proves that he is the God that he says he was, which means his mission has been validated, which means our lives, like the Apostle Paul said, what Jesus does in us is not without effect. It changes us, and the change we need is available in Jesus. So when I, um, and I've told the story before at our church, my first time to Israel, I arrived a day before the group. I was flying west from India through Dubai. Uh, you and a group of our elders were flying east from Chicago and were in Jordan for a day while I was waiting to to connect with a, a group of our team um, at the airport. And the first thing I wanted to do when we rented the car, I said, I just want to go to the tomb. I just, I just want to see, not with my eyes, but I want to see with my spirit the empty tomb where Jesus may have walked out and made all of this uh, credible and possible. Uh, so it, it means the world to me spiritually, because if, like Paul says in 1 Corinthians 15, if it's true, it changes everything. Yeah, and it's a worshipful place, right? We've had communion at the garden yep. tomb and yep. sung worship uh, hymns. It is it yep. is really a powerful, and of course there's debate about which is which, but sure. regardless, they're both empty. Yep. So... This message is about come and see, uh, but it's also about go and tell. Uh, you uh, you give an Easter weekend warning, right? You say don't stay on Saturday, and then an Easter Sunday direction, which is go and tell the world Jesus is alive. What what is it in a person's life that after they've come and seen and experienced Jesus drives them to want to go and tell? I think it's what Paul says in First Corinthians fifteen. He changed my life so dramatically. I want you to know him too. I love, by the way, what Paul says to the church in Corinth in 1 Corinthians 15, because he says, I gave to you of first importance this gospel, that Jesus died, was buried, and he rose again. So I love kind of the, the standard Paul, Paul sets for us. When you're dealing with probably non-religious people who have an interest in God, here's the opening line. Um, I know a guy who died, was buried, and rose again. If you're interested in more, let me know. So we say in this message, it's funny because the end of Jesus' ministry becomes the beginning of Jesus' ministry for us. He died, he was buried, he rose again. If you're more interested in anything else that he did, let me know. Because Jesus died and was buried and rose again, everything else that he says has power. If he had not risen from the dead nothing in any of his ministry would have mattered to the point that we allow it to matter, that it impacts our soul, that it impacts our eternity, that it impacts what, what we believe is morally right and true from a, from a divine perspective. So I think it's the, it's the fact that not only what Jesus did and how it changes us, but that we really believe that it can change others, that compels us to go say, like, you have to see what I saw. In the rise of social media, anything that goes viral is something that people see that they think other people should see. And the resurrection of Jesus is the most viral moment in the history of the world. You have to see what happened. You have to hear what happened. You have to be aware of what happened. Nobody in the world should miss this. And I think Jesus' followers from the first two Marys at the tomb— to his disciples who would later become his witnesses, to the Apostle Paul that would travel the Mediterranean basin, to you and I today say, I know a guy who died and was buried and came back to life. If you're interested in more, I'll also tell you everything he has to say about life 
and meaning and purpose and impact and eternal life. And like Paul says, the, if they understand the most important thing about Jesus, their appetite should be whetted for the rest of the story about Jesus. And that's where his ministry and his teaching become so important in our life. Yeah, and you, this next question is right in line with this. You, you reference what you've talked about with Paul, 1 Corinthians 15, right? Just right. a tremendous text. And then you say this, you say the Easter part of the story, if the Easter part of the story isn't true, right? then there's a, there actually isn't any reason to care about Jesus at all. I know this is not an apologetics-type podcast, uh, but often we, t- we tackle issues and talk about things. Right. Phil Van Dusen obviously talked a little bit about this at his apologetics deal, but why can and should our listeners just, why should they be so confident in the resurrection? Oh, man, if you just look at the extra-biblical sources, which means the historians who wrote about Jesus raising from the dead, you can piece together the entire story from Good Friday to Easter Sunday without using your Bible. You can learn about a man named Jesus. You can learn about his followers. You can learn that he was prosecuted by Pontius Pilate. And then we find him in archaeology. Yeah. Um, cru- yeah, crucified by being hung on a cross, by having his hands and his feet nailed to a tree, uh, to a tree which again have been found in archaeology, same time, same place. Um, that he was buried, and then all of his followers claimed that he rose from the dead and appeared to people. That story is a story found in history. Take your Holy Bible, put it on the shelf, no Genesis through Revelation. It, those 66 books are gone. There's a story in history that says a man named Jesus was sentenced to death by a man named Pontius Pilate. And that death was by being crucified to a tree through his hands and his feet. He was buried in a tomb. All of that, by the way, can be proven archaeologically. The fact that he raised cannot be proved archaeologically, but it can be proven that his followers said that it happened. And 2,000 years later, here we are celebrating that same weekend because through the power of the Holy Spirit, not just the story of Easter, but the spirit of Easter lives in our world. And we can, we can have great confidence that enough of the story happened that if we open our hearts to our own personal experience of the Holy Spirit, I think we can take that last little step of faith to believe not only with our minds that enough of the story happened, that it's plausible, but with our hearts that the entire story happened. Um, it's not just possible, it's real for us and for our faith walk. Yeah. No, thanks. Those were the things that I thought might be helpful to our listeners to know that they, if they have a friend that says, prove it, if they have a friend right. that says, there's no evidence, it's like just yeah. what you said. Set sure. your Bible aside. There's a yep. ton of great information and evidence. It's a lot of, there is a lot of evidence. You can, you can absolutely prove the crucifixion and burial. Yeah. You can prove it. So many historical artifacts that allow you to prove the credibility of the event. And then when you look at the explosion of the church afterwards, um, not not proof, but certainly it's very reasonable yeah. to believe that what they said happened really happened. Didn't you have Gary Habermas as a professor? Yeah, Dr. Habermas was one of my professors who is, at Liberty, who, who's a who's an expert uh, on the resurrection and, and goes around uh, debating atheists um, and scholars, historical scholars, on on the proof 
of the resurrection story based on the litmus test of unbiased scholarship and he and he wins almost all of those yeah yeah, yeah. great great resource if you want to look into more of his uh, his stuff dr gary habermas so the hope for easter and, and for every sunday is that people will realize god is a, a forgiving and transforming god you make the statement paul was a bad guy spiritually he was yeah but the actually gift, paul made the statement yeah. that he was a bad guy yes. spiritually i quoted him yes he did. yes, yes. Um, but the gift um, of Jesus' death and resurrection had obviously a huge life transformational effect on him, right? Yeah. It changed him. Yeah. And we often hear, even this last Sunday, baptism messages like, man, I was a deeply sinful person, Yeah. but I surrendered my life to Jesus, and God changed me. Yeah. What message would you want those listening to hear who've not, who've not shared their testimony with someone else, right? This go-tell thought. Uh, or have not been baptized in order to publicly proclaim? What would you say to those listeners who have not gotten a chance to share their message of a life transformed? Oh, boy. I would say it's really important. I would say you and I are here today because while spiritual commitments are extremely personal, they're not meant to be private. And only because followers of Jesus for generations have continued to tell the world about Jesus. Are you and I now here telling people about Jesus? So I would say your story, telling your story and sharing your story and publicly declaring yourself a follower of Jesus is really important to somebody else beside you. But it's also really important to you to identify with who Jesus is and what Jesus has done in your life. Paul's original... Paul's original bias against Jesus is that it took spiritual control out of his hands. He tells us in Philippians chapter 3, I was trying to write my own way, and I thought I was doing a pretty good job. And when Jesus and his way come along, it's a way that says, no, Paul, your spiritual journey and your spiritual connection to God are not in your hands. They're in someone else's hands. That was a scary thing to Paul. So Paul tried to defeat the way of Jesus unto death because he was scared. But when he finally surrendered to who Jesus was, he said he realized his grace was sufficient, that the gift of God in Jesus to him was sufficient for everything that he needed to be connected to God. And his fear of trying to do it on his own turned into freedom when he realized, I just need to surrender those fears and trust in God. Whatever fears are holding you back from sharing your story, there may be some pain involved from getting from to getting from where you are to where you need to be. But if you will surrender fear and live in freedom and let God be the hero of your story and let your story and your life point people to Jesus, not only will you experience tremendous freedom, but like the Apostle Paul, you'll experience tremendous impact. You might not experience tremendous support from everyone in your life. But ultimately, Paul said in Galatians chapter 1, if I'm trying to meet, please men, I'm going to live a whole different life than if I'm trying to please God. And since I'm trying to please God, I'm just going to keep talking about Jesus and what he's done in my life. I know that's pleasing to God. I also know it's impactful for other people, and it allows my life to just be a filter through which people see Jesus, not me when they look at me. Yeah, so we'd encourage you, if you haven't been baptized, if you haven't for sure. done that. I, I recently connected with with a guy who's a newer believer at our church and just said, man, continue to hone your ability to share your story. Yes. But then also find three, four, five scripture verses that, that talk about 
you know, the fact that it's a free gift, that you're forgiven, so that as you share this, you can help point people to the gospel while you're sharing your testimony. That's how God does it over and over again. Right. Your story is ultimately not even about you. It's about Jesus. Yes. And if you can learn to tell your story in a way that points um, all all the light on Jesus, yeah. points all the focus on Jesus, um, you not only have lived for the purpose God created you, you may have allowed somebody else to step into the purpose for which God created them. Yep. So in this week's reflection questions, um, last week was Wednesday. This week, there's a lot of great ones, but I, I chose Wednesday again. You, okay. you talk about this. You share a key verse, uh, 28.10 from Matthew. Then Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee. Uh, there they shall see me. And then the reflection was, it was important to Jesus and the angel at the tomb that Jesus' followers see him. Mm-hmm. What can you do in your life this week so that someone else might see Jesus in your life? So I, Yeah, I, so I think one of, the, one of the easiest things that people can do um, in, in our church, we actually try to leverage this. Is take a picture of you and your family at church celebrating the resurrection and and post that to Facebook, not as a picture of your family, but as a picture of what you're celebrating and what you're doing. Read your Bible at some point this week uh, and text someone a verse that stands out to you or stood out to you. When you think of someone, shoot them a text and let them know that you're praying for them or, or tell them, hey, I just thought of you. And I just, you know, wondered if God put you on my heart for a reason. Is there anything that you need that I can provide or anything that I can pray for? I just think it's it's being intentional about the things God is doing in your life and and trying to sh- and and trying to help people see those and feel those through the way that you live your life and the things you use to draw attention to yourself, you figure out how to pivot and make sure that those are pointing attention to Jesus. No, that's good. And I and I think I'd say this, you know, continue to every day get up, pray, give me wisdom. Yep. How would you use me today? How would how would uh, who would you have me talk to? How can I shine my light? When I take a couple of day, couple of days a week, I take uh, my youngest to school, and we always, as we pull out of the driveway, are praying, Lord, let your light shine through yep. us today. Give us wisdom. Uh, use us, let let uh, let us be a witness to you today. So I think you've got to proactively ask God to use you, and and He will. Yeah, I was with one of one of our uh, one of our business leaders in our church last week at a Bible study, and he said one of the things that he's decided to do almost twenty years now into this business is after he's meeting with all the people in his downline, um, he's asking them at the end of the meeting how he can pray how he can pray for him um, that week. Um, Working in a secular business, he said, I talked to my boss about it, and he looked at me like I was crazy, but I've just decided I want my people to know I care about them, and I care about them spiritually. I didn't pray right while they were in the room, but I let them know before they left, you know, after we talked about the initiatives and the things we're trying to accomplish, hey, I I do pray for you, um, so if there's anything I can pray specifically about, please don't hesitate to let me know. That's a big, bold, courageous way to let people know your faith matters to you and that you think your faith actually matters to them as well. That's great. So uh, as we always conclude talking about how can we take something we've learned, something from the message, something that was impactful, what would you take from this Easter message? Would you say, take this, go share it with someone? I think it's don't live on Saturday. All right, so we talked about in the message how the whole world really lives on the other side of the cross. And not technically, but really, really close. Because literally the way we track history 
changed from B.C. before Christ to A.D. Anno Domini, when, when Jesus came and did his ministry and died and was buried and resurrected, literally, we went from counting down to counting up. Now, if you, if you go to Israel, if you go to the Middle East, they'll take B.C. before Christ and A.D. Anno Domini, the year of our Lord, and they'll change it to B.C.E., which now means before common era, Right. And CE, which means common era, but lo and behold, even that dividing line something was happened. the lifetime of Jesus. Right. Something happened. So I say the whole world lives on the other side of the cross, but the whole world doesn't yet live on the other side of the tomb. And right, the soldiers got to the tomb, but they stayed on Saturday. They got to the tomb, and their interaction with Jesus was on the other side of the cross, but not on the other side of the tomb. You live on the other side of the cross, but you can experience life on the other side of the tomb. So if we can get people to meet the resurrected Jesus, I think, like our shirts say, it changes everything. Yeah. No, thank you uh, for sharing that, Pastor Christian. Thanks for your insight. Hopefully next week we're, we're celebrating how God yep. worked in the midst of uh, this really powerful message. Special uh, podcast next week, by the way. Uh, so Christian Gracia will be preaching and he'll be doing the podcast for the first time so you get to tune in and hear his thoughts on the podcast his thoughts on his message and how things are going so that that'll that'll be a fun one that i can't wait to listen to as one of our young preachers gets to take his turn to talk about talk about some activation points of his message good i'll look forward to that yep Thanks for uh, tuning in to the podcast today. We're glad, again, if you're new, we hope you will uh, check it out. It's always a great idea to listen to the message beforehand if you can as well. Make that part of your routine if you didn't get a chance to or listen to it again. Uh, if you're here in the Kansas City area, come check us out. Come to one of our Sunday services. Uh, we'd love to hear if you have a question or how God's working in your life, maybe a prayer request. You can send that to activate at takethejourney.cc. Otherwise, we look forward to catching you next time on the Activate Podcast where we challenge you to build a faith that is active. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Activate. We would love for you to join us in person for one of our weekly worship experiences. You can find out more information about JCI on our website at takethejourney.cc. Help us get the word out about this resource. You can do so by subscribing, reviewing, and sharing this episode on your favorite social media platform. Thanks again for listening, and we'll catch you next time on the Activate Podcast.